Ben Witherington III explores the list of qualities that Apostle Paul says believers should adopt. These qualities are notably also characteristics attributed to God or Christ in other parts of the Bible. The terminology used by Paul, the elect, the holy ones, and the beloved, is emphasized by Witherington as distinctly Asiatic in trait. Witherington dives into the nuance of Paul's words. For instance, when Paul calls for deep feelings of compassion, the literal translation is entrails of mercy, accentuating a depth of emotion akin to what we'd call heartfelt. Moreover, Paul urges believers to embody kindness and humility, defining them as ways of relating to and serving others. It's worth noting that while humility here is considered a virtue, in chapter 2 of the same book, it was described as a negative form of self-abasement. Through this detailed analysis, Witherington reveals the layers of meaning within Paul's message to the Colossians, stressing that these virtues aren't arbitrary but reflect the nature of God and Christ. Furthermore, Witherington affirms the significance of forgiveness among Christians. He asserts that Apostle Paul is well aware that conflicts and wrongdoings will inevitably occur within the Christian community. Paul advocates for a culture of forgiveness, urging followers of Christ to tolerate each other's shortcomings and freely forgive one another. This act of forgiving should be modeled on the divine forgiveness that they themselves have received from Christ. Witherington stresses that failing to forgive is not only inappropriate, but also presumptuous, especially if the person in question has been forgiven by Christ. According to him, anyone who has experienced the joy and release that comes from divine forgiveness should willingly extend that same grace to others. To withhold forgiveness would be both a missed opportunity to share a divine blessing and a presumptive judgment that contradicts Christ's own actions. Overall, the core message is that forgiveness is not just a requirement, but a natural outflow of the Christian faith, rooted in the example set by Jesus Christ himself. In addition, Witherington delves into the concept of love as the bond of perfection, a phrase used in verse 14. According to Witherington, this phrase suggests that love serves as the ultimate quality that unifies the body of Christ. He draws a parallel with Epictetus, who posits that friendship is what ties all virtues together. Citing Lincoln, Witherington highlights that perfection should not be seen as an individual accomplishment, but rather as a state achieved through loving relationships within a community. Love acts as the adhesive that not only holds other virtues in place, but also binds the community together. Witherington offers multiple interpretations of the verse, questioning whether love is portrayed as the supreme virtue that integrates all other virtues into a cohesive ethic. Another perspective he considers is that love could be the medium through which other virtues are exercised, thereby binding the community through the loving application of ethics. In this way, Witherington leaves the reader pondering the multifaceted role of love in ethical and communal life, as seen through the lens of Colossians 3. Further, Witherington indicates that the peace of Christ should not just be a fleeting emotion or feeling for the Colossians, but a central governing principle in their lives. Paul the Apostle refers to this peace as shalom, a Hebrew term which embodies not just peace, but overall well-being, wholeness, and completeness. In other words, it's not about mere tranquility or the absence of conflict, but about a comprehensive sense of well-being that should be present within the community of believers. Besides, Witherington places this concept in the context of the culture in which the Colossians lived, a society rife with competition, rivalry, and a struggle for honor. The notion of peace or shalom serves as a counter-narrative to these cultural pressures. 
advocating for a different set of values that should guide the believers. Instead of focusing on individual gains or competing against one another, the community is called to cultivate this encompassing peace and well-being as their guiding principle. Additionally, Witherington notes that these broader ethical guidelines, faith, love, peace, are introduced before the household codes discussed in subsequent verses, Vivi's 18 FF. The implication here is that these principles are foundational. They serve as the moral groundwork upon which specific societal roles and responsibilities are built. Thus, the peace of Christ is not an abstract concept, but something deeply practical and societal, providing a framework for how to live out the Christian faith in everyday life. Last but not least, Witherington maintains the central role that the Word of Christ should play in the community of believers. According to Witherington, this guidance is for all members of the community not restricted to a specific gender or subgroup. Verse 16 advocates the use of various forms of songs, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, as mediums for teaching and admonition. Psalms are understood to be the Old Testament songs found in the Psalter. Hymns are songs directed towards a deity, like the Christological hymn in Colossians 1, and spiritual songs are believed to be divinely inspired. The grammar of the text suggests that singing is an alternative form of teaching, a viewpoint also supported by Ephesians 5.19, which discusses speaking the songs to one another. Verse 17 serves as a summary, urging Christians to live their lives with gratitude and to align all actions and words with the nature and name of Christ. This verse encapsulates the teachings from earlier verses in the chapter and sets forth a holistic Christian lifestyle marked by thankfulness and adherence to the teachings of Christ. The essence of these verses is to point out the communal aspect of worship and the role of teaching within the community, guided by the Word of Christ. In conclusion, Witherington focuses on the virtues that Paul encourages believers to adopt, virtues that are attributed to God or Christ elsewhere in the Bible. Witherington reiterates the specific language used by Paul, repeating its Asiatic characteristics. For example, Paul's call for deep feelings of compassion literally translates to entrails of mercy, underlining the emotion's depth. The virtues of kindness and humility are discussed as ways to serve and relate to others, though humility is considered negatively in a different chapter of the same book. Also, Witherington underscores the importance of forgiveness in the Christian community. He notes that Paul, aware that conflicts are inevitable, advocates for a culture of forgiveness modeled on the divine forgiveness received from Christ. Failing to forgive is seen as presumptuous and contradictory to the Christian faith. Moreover, love is another central theme described as the bond of perfection that unifies the Christian community. Witherington compares this concept with Epictetus's idea that friendship ties all virtues together. Love is considered both as the ultimate virtue and the medium through which other virtues are exercised. Furthermore, the concept of peace, or shalom, is explored, extending beyond mere tranquility to encompass well-being, wholeness, and completeness. This idea serves as a counter-narrative to the competitive, rivalry-filled culture of the Colossians, providing a framework for ethical living. Lastly, Witherington discusses the central role of the Word of Christ within the community. This guidance, delivered through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, applies to all members, irrespective of gender or subgroup. Overall, the text encourages a holistic Christian lifestyle marked by a community bound by virtues like faith, love, and peace, which are foundational to specific societal roles and responsibilities.